uh, success to me is the consistency and how you go about the business. Uh, mm. Can't control the wins and losses. You can make the greatest pitch or hit the hardest ball, and a guy make you know you make the greatest play, or or so you can control efforts yes. and, and and commitment. So uh, to me, you know. How I see that is just on, on things I guess you can control, not on the actual outcome of the game, because there's so many times that's just out of your hands. No doubt. You're dialed in to the ABCA's Calls from the Clubhouse podcast, connecting our coaches with some of the best baseball minds in our game. Now here's your host, Jeremy Sheetinger. Casting from the ABCA National Office here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Welcome back or welcome to our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast. This is your baseball coaching source for certified audio gold and a place where you come to connect with the very best baseball minds in our game. And these great coaches come from across every level of our game, from youth to high school and travel, academy, instructors, college coaches across all those levels, strength and conditioning coaches, softball coaches, leadership folks, and anyone else that we think can bring value and terrific content to the airways for you, the loyal listeners out there who are seeking the better way. And we love it. We appreciate it. We can't tell you guys that enough. And thanks for dialing into this week's show. Find us wherever podcasts are free. Hit subscribe on there. Be kind and leave us a review and a rating. Plus, share this podcast with anyone you feel would appreciate these conversations. Connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Find us at ABCA1945. You can also head over to our website, abca.org. If you're looking for more information about what our baseball coaching fraternity here is all about. Plus, don't forget about our upcoming ABCA convention heading to Dallas January 3rd through the 6th. You still have time to register and join 6,000 baseball coaches for four days of baseball heaven. Also, please feel free to reach out to me directly at Coach Sheets3 on Twitter and now on Instagram or by email, Sheets, S-H-E-E-T-S, at ABCA.org. A lot of great tweets and messages came in this week. So awesome for us to hear how these shows are helping each of you grow and you guys continue to light fires under us to keep us moving forward. And two really stuck out, and it was the text that I received from Pat Pinkman. He's the pitching coach at Seton Hall University, coordinator of the Pitching Hot Stove that's hosted at our convention each year. And Pink reached out and dropped on me that he was cleaning some dishes, he was turning over some laundry all day, and he felt like he was earning his degree in Domestic Dad University. That's hilarious. Awesome. Appreciate the share, Pat. And then I got to bring reference back to Casey and Amy Joe Miller from Greeley, Colorado. Casey went to work painting cabinets for his wife made it through about 12 podcasts in that entire process. He looked up, he realized he was well on his way to earning his master's degree at Honeydew University. Bless your heart, Casey. Keep fighting a good fight. You'll always be in our prayers. We appreciate you guys reaching out. And for any of those guys out there listening to these shows, please always reach out. Let us know where you're listening to them at and get creative. See what you can come up with. Huge thanks to our great friends and longtime ABCA partners over at Rawlings. They saw what was going on here with our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast, and we appreciate their desire to get on board with us and help us reach more coaches. They've been on Team ABCA for so many years. If you look around, they help sponsor our all-region teams, our all-American teams, our national players of the year, and, of course, the infamous Gold Glove Awards. They have tremendous apparel, uniforms, equipment, and you've heard us on here talk about their new Rawlings Mach EXT batting helmet. Just do yourself a favor. Go check out their entire product line 
on their website, Rawlings.com. That's Rawlings, R-A-W-L-I-N-G-S.com. And we hope to see you join Team Rawlings today. Now, you've also heard us on this podcast reference how the high school coaches around the country who are loyal to the ABCA, they make up about 40% of our entire membership. And we're so lucky to have all those folks on board with us. It's always great to find the right one to bring them onto the podcast and hear how they're impacting the 14 to 18-year-old players around the country. And man, we found a gem for you guys to check out. You know our guest is one of the very best closers in Major League Baseball history, but we know him as Billy Wagner, the head coach at Miller School in Charlottesville, Virginia, and a coach that had never joined the ABCA as a member until this interview. Uh, It's a great opportunity to catch up with Billy at the Virginia Baseball Coaches Association convention last weekend. And then the conversation shifted that opened the door for me to witness to him about this fraternity, about what we're doing for coaches, what we're doing for the game. And we got him hook, line, and sinker inside the ABCA. It's been awesome. First year guy, but we wanted to break down for our listeners how focused this guy is on his players. It's their experience inside his program that matters the most to him. He's Super dedicated to learning and finding his best self. You'll hear that. Changing lives through baseball. They've won back-to-back state championships, but it's so much bigger than that for Billy and his team, and we get him dialed up and rolling downhill. This was a fun conversation, and you're really going to love it too as we welcome in Billy Wagner, the head coach at Miller School in Virginia. He's our guest on this week's Dugout Chatter episode. And get ready, coaches. This great show is coming at you right now. Coaches, thanks for dialing into our calls from the Clubhouse podcast. We're heading back into the high school ranks. I've got a very special guest on deck for us today. Seven-time All-Star, a guy that spent a great deal of his career inside of professional baseball now on the high school ranks. Just won back-to-back state championships, and we get him on the air to kind of break down his career, get his thoughts out, but more importantly, connect with our coaching community and see if we can't learn something from Billy the Kid. Billy Wagner, head coach at Miller High School in Virginia. Billy, thanks for jumping on the call with us. Oh, thanks for having me, Sheets. This is awesome. <laughs> no doubt. Well, man, we got a chance, you and I, to connect at the Virginia Baseball Coaches Association, their first annual convention last weekend. And uh, it was great, man. You were on the front row of me speaking, so I, no pressure there. I'm looking at a, a, an all-star <laughs> staring me down. But um, it was afterwards, man. You, you sought me out, and you came up to me, and we started talking. We had a great conversation, and I just felt led to say, you know what, Billy, I don't want this to end. So how about you and I next week jump on the podcast and see if we can't pull some nuggets from you, and and I appreciate you doing it. So obviously, thanks for being here, but I want to come back to this, that convention, because I know that you are serving in a role within helping uh, Tim Mary, the godfather of Virginia, build this thing up. So how cool is it to see something come from literally dust, to build an association up from the ground, go over that weekend? How was that experience for you? Did you have a good time up there, and, and what did you learn? Well, I thought it was one of the the most unique situations because it was uh, it was new. Mm-hmm. None of us knew how this was going to roll out. I mean, <laughs> Tim and Sean Ryan, uh, myself, uh, and all of our board members, our committee members, you know, they're out, you know, on the ground, just, you know, boots on the ground type situation, just trying to create a buzz, get membership, and understand what, you know, what we're really trying to do That's because right. when you're starting a new organization, it's, you know, it's, everybody's skeptical and they're always looking, well, what, what, you know, what's in it for me or what's this about? And so, you know, we, we really relied on <clears throat> word of mouth and, you know, social media is always a big help now, but, no doubt. and, and, and so Tim Mary had been to the 
ABCA uh, conventions and, and, you know, Spokali and, you know, we were one of the only states that didn't have this. So right. <clears throat> when we, when we said, Hey, we're, you know, we're going to do this. And so, you know, we got all the guys that we felt were really bought in, bought in and, and stuff. Uh, you know, we, we, we set these dates. And, uh, so last weekend we, we, you know, everything comes to fruition by, you know, we, we have our first convention. Yeah. And, you know, for, for our first time, it was really good. We had, you know, uh, we had somewhere around a little over 200 people, you know, members come in, sign up, uh, and, and, and get to hear some, uh, you know, great coaches talk about a little bit of everything, you know, mm-hmm. that you would expect. Uh, and, and, you know, we've had good feedback, but, you know, it, it's one of those things you're just hoping that, you know, you, you, you can keep your head above water at this point because you're, you know, that as a nonprofit, you know, donations, memberships, mm-hmm. all these things kind of carry you through paying for uh, you know the hotels or, or the that you have the conventions in and you know speakers or whatever transportation yeah. for people and stuff so you know that was probably you know like anything that was our biggest concern but you know the turnout i think the convention itself was a great kickoff just to kind of get people and i mean having somebody that had the experience of you come out and speak about your passion of being a coach and what it's done for for you and mm-hmm. and, and for other coaches i think that you know i mean you know, I told Tim, I said, I think Jeremy should have spoke first. <laughs> and I said nothing about, you know, Paul Maneri, uh, Maneri, but it, it was really one of those situations where I felt like, I mean, you know, we're trying to inspire coaches to be better coaches and to, to yeah. make better people. And yeah. so when you, you put that, you know, you have that guy comes out there and, and fires you up. And I mean, that was, I mean, I was fired up about just, you know, getting better as a coach. And so, awesome. you know, <clears throat> And so I think that was, you know, that, that, that's what that convention brought to, to me. And I'm hoping, you know, hearing the responses from some of the other coaches that, you know, it seems like it's, we're off and running, but, yeah. you know, it's always touch and go until you really get that, you know, that hard, uh, database and membership and stuff that's, you know, mm-hmm. passionate about being there. Gosh. Well, I'll say this, a couple things. Uh, let's just say that Coach Maneri and Coach O'Connor, they, they just primed the engine for me. So next year we'll work on order. But those guys just set the tone for me. I was just able to knock the pins down. But it was really neat to, to, again, show up and see 200 coaches registered and see 300 within the membership. And, again, guys, I can't stress enough, this did not exist a year ago. And so Tim being loyal to the ABCA, part of what we do, connected him with a few of the other state associations, and he really wants to work with you guys and, and built something really cool. So we're excited to see that and support that as that continues to grow. Heck, it's only three hours away from us, so that, that worked out really well. But what was really cool, and I think our listeners are starting to hear it, man, we're, there's a different tone to this, and there's a reason for that. Um, usually the first question, Billy, we come out of the shoot is, man, talk about your ABCA experience over the years. And, well, I just got the opportunity before we hit record to to school you on what the ABCA is all about and really give you a you know first glance at, at what this association means to – the, the tens of thousands of coaches around the world. And I'll say this on air guys and the guys that are listening to this, Billy's going to become a first time member of the ABCA after this podcast. So this is about being a steward, any and every respect. When you get a baseball guy in front of you, have that conversation, see where they're at and offer a resource. Hey, I've got something that I think can make you better. It's membership within our association. So Billy, I'm excited to see you follow through with that. Hopefully, I know you can't get to Dallas, but down the road, we can get you to a convention. You can see this whole thing for yourself, but I know you're excited for that, and certainly I appreciate you uh, your willingness to, to take that on, so thank you. Well, I really am. I mean, uh, you know, I think as, a, as any 
good high school coach, you're, you're, you're never that finished product. And it allows you, anytime you can be around people that are committed to, to making people better and, and the love of baseball, which I'm a baseball lifer. You know, uh, no doubt. And so I, I just think that, you know, being a part of an association that's going to, you know, be able to reach out and talk to coaches with no hidden agendas. It's yeah. just, hey, you know, I love baseball. I love kids. I love, you know, all these things that are about, but you know what, I, how can I make it better? In my little spot, how can I make it better and, and really plan it forward? And mm-hmm. I think those are, you know, that's what the APCA does for, for us and getting the word out. And, you know, you know, I'm, I'd love to be going to Dallas. I think meeting the people down there that, that, you know, would just only inspire being, you know, playing in Houston for, uh, yep eight nine years you know i I mean one of my biggest experiences was for my uh my my oldest son now who who started playing t-ball and Mm -hmm. and i think that really created his coaches were so passionate and and developmental and you know compassionate about the game that he i think that really even stirred the pot for him even more to play uh play baseball and i mean uh he and so i think you know playing from that level, you know, it was, I mean, I don't know what's, you know, fate, luck of the draw, whatever, but he had a coach that he had two or three coaches that really just made a difference in his life to where he loved the game and the, and the, the love of the game for a parent to sit back and yeah. see his kid love the game made, made it easier. And, you know, it, it, you know, you know, and I think, you know, letting, letting him understand failure, you know, at that age was okay. And mm-hmm. that, you know, but, you know, understanding the sacrifices that playing the game will, will cause. But I think that that coach made the biggest difference uh, for for my son. And, I, you know, as a player, I know they're around the game, but I would, you know, very rarely is it, hey, let's just sit down and uh, talk about baseball to your, you know, six, seven-year-old. They're watching me play or they're watching sure. the game. And next, when I come home, they're asking me questions about hmm. such and such. So they kind of see uh, – a fairy tale type game, and yeah. then you come back and you're playing on, you know, you, you go to this t-ball game. So I think, you know, that that that's obviously, you know, that love of the game is what fuels, you know, future future players. It's just, you know, and, and when you love the game, you really, it's not about what I'm wearing or what I'm doing. It's just, I, I, if I get a chance, I'm gonna play, and it yeah. doesn't matter. And so that's that's why, you know, one of the reasons when I retire to uh, come back and, and be a part of my, my kid's life, but also, you know, you know, love on some other kids and give them the opportunity to, to, to understand baseball. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you will be a welcomed member inside our fraternity. So I'm excited to see you flourish in what we're doing here at ABCA. Now, between the two of us, I did the research, I, I crunched the numbers on this, Billy, between the two of us, we have a combined 422 saves in major league baseball. So, um, you know, we got a, We got a good thing going here on the call. Okay. Um, <laughs> but let's go into this. And again, you got so much to, to go through, but you and I, before we start recording, you were breaking down, uh, and I'll get into that in a minute, just the impact that those coaches have had on you. And I'm, I'm not going to let you walk away from that, but it was what you talked about coming out, out of really nothing from high school baseball perspective, being, being five foot six and 130 pounds, and then growing into a, a first rounder. But when you're thinking about seven all-star games, you're thinking about being one of only six guys that have over 400 saves. Take us through your career in baseball. Take us through the, that journey. And then, Billy, I think another caveat to that is, what were maybe those major lessons that you learned? So, so even inside of your career in Major League Baseball, when you went from team to team, what lessons seemed to kind of come out 
of your time in those uniforms. What do you got for us? Well, I, I mean, I think it, it goes back. You need inspiration as a mm-hmm. player to, to to love the game, and I certainly had that when I was when I was introduced to Coach Lou Perry in, in Tazewell, Virginia, who um, is an intimidating man, six <laughs> four, about two sixty five, two seventy. And living in a Southwest Virginia, uh, area that, uh, um, I mean, he, he was a, a big black man who, uh, spoke soft, mm-hmm. walked soft, but I mean, truly loved the game. I mean, walked it, talked it, lived it, was a, uh, was a, is a big time Christian man. Um, and he went up, so I get introduced to him and I'm literally my freshman year or, um, four foot 10, I think 82 pounds. And, uh, Jeez. so yeah, so I'm rocking it. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. So, but I get introduced to him, the JV system and stuff like that. But, you know, watching my cousin, I, I was raised by my, uh, my cousin's family. So being, he was a varsity player. He was six foot, 175 pounds stud who just was awesome. So I, you know, I'm at every game I'm watching, watching how this goes, but, I, you know, along the way, I'm watching Coach Perry and how he goes about his business. A guy messes up, he's not screaming at him. A guy, yeah. you know, gets a big hit, he's clapping for him. You know, he, he, you know he's guiding and teaching and, and developing these kids. And so, um, so I get through my freshman year, my sophomore year, I, I, I make the varsity team. And, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was never great. I was just good. But yeah. you have that little man syndrome where I, I just got to outwork everybody because you're always the littlest guy. Well, he was a really positive driving force for me to sit there and commit to just playing, loving the game, wow. loving the game. And so, you know, walking out on a field and, and having pride about your field. I mean, we're picking dandelion, getting That's rocks true. off the field as a group. Yeah. And so, you know, really, I mean, I can't even imagine – kids do if they do that anymore but so we're out doing this and i mean you know it's just uh, you know you, you we kind of look you know at the time you look at it and come man come on let's go and, and you know yeah. you just mow it or whatever but yeah. uh i mean the grass was always perfect that the, the dirt was you know the way it needed to be the mound was perfect and uh but it was coach perry made it feel like it was that hey you're in the big leagues mm. You know, the way you go about the commitment, the success, the way you practice, everything's about, and he just kind of, you know, that it just, you know, was overwhelming. That's just how he went about it. He, he, you know, he wasn't a big rah-rah guy, but you, you would play, you would play your tail off because you knew that there was more to him. He would, he would have that talk with you about school, your family and put his arm around you and and tell you he loves you. And then. You know, if you kind of got out of, he, you know, he wasn't like yelling at it. He would never yell, but he'd put those big paws around you and kind of go, listen, son, that's not going to work. And so, you know, sure. to, to, to really, to really, you know, uh, upset him, you, you felt so bad and yep. that you didn't want to disappoint him. So, yeah. and I, and so he played that, that, that mentor, that father figure and those things that a lot of us needed from time to time. And so <clears throat> having the ability to see that and experience that, you know, I, I I move on to Fam where I, yep. I go to see Aiden Nath and and my, of course it's, I'm following my cousin who was really you know he was probably the guy the one person I looked up to more than anything about baseball and just being an athlete and so hmm. I follow him to a Fam and I'm playing baseball and and 
I'm introduced to Abe Nath, and Abe Nath is one of the best motivators I've ever been around. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of bells and whistles. Yeah. We didn't have a real pitching coach. You didn't have, uh, I mean, half the time we didn't have uniforms that matched. Uh, it, it, and, and so you played the game because you loved the game. And so, mm. you know, the small tale about our, our, our college is that, you know, it, it's back in the woods and it's, it's, uh, it's Franklin County, Virginia, known for it's in the mountains. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And so, uh, <clears throat> so we're we're in this, and, and and you know everybody liked to make fun of us. We my freshman year, we rolled down to Baseball City for our spring trip, and we're playing University of Pittsburgh. Fairham hmm. College is playing University of Pittsburgh. <laughs> right they, there, there is, there is, they come out. And their charter bus, and they're you know dressed as nines, and they they're they're taking in and out, and holy God, there's fifty balls <laughs> going around. You know, we roll off our little little like minivan, and you know, twenty five guys rolls out, and you know we've been sitting three to to two seats, and uh, we we get out, and so you know most of our guys played football, and so we weren't a little team, yeah, we, you know, but we we weren't one that looked like a lot. Well, we go out there, and we're you know. They're laughing at us, and so wow. you know the way Coach went about his business. He 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 knew how to motivate, and he knew how to have that angle of how to to have that chip on the shoulder when you cross that line. And so we go out there, and we end up beating them seven to nothing. And I mean, wow. we laid it. Yeah, it was. But what nobody knew at that time, we had eight draft players. Oh, there we had you go. two. We had we had two guys that played in the big leagues my shortstop and myself wow uh i walked out and pitched the seventh eighth and ninth and and when i walked out they they were laughing they, i mean Jeez. they were all giggling and stuff and you know i i was you know coming out of high school i was 78 80 wow. my freshman year i was when i rolled out in my first outing i'm 92 95 and they, they weren't much laughing after that yeah no, i didn't no. have I didn't have a lot. Of, I didn't have a lot of control. So there's a lot of three-two counts at, and and a lot of ducking going on at times. So you <laughs> were never really. That's all part of the plan, Billy. That's part of it. <laughs> yeah, effectively. Wow. Exactly. So, yeah. So, but so now, this coach. But that was the motivating part. Of, he, you know, he he didn't sit here and go, "Oh, listen, you got to have the spin rate. You got to have that the access turn. You got to have this." Yeah. His 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 idea is, I don't care. Get that guy out. Yeah, get that guy out before any of these guys score, and that was the and I, that was really the best advice mm. I'd ever had. And it was and it wasn't sexy, and it wasn't about efficiency. It wasn't about any of the, it. Was about win the game. That's it. I don't care win the game, and and so you you knew when you pitched well, you knew when you 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 won, but you know you got away with a few things. You start you knew that because you knew who you were. You were able to learn without sitting here being. Hampton. So I go through mm. through this. I get drafted and go through all these wonderful experiences with college uh, with pro ball and me getting the the to see a Terry Collins and a Bobby Cox and yeah. Charlie Manuel and uh, Willie Randolph who I'd watched growing up. You know all these coaches. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, you know, now I, I you know I'm at the end of my career and you know all of a sudden you're like, well, you know I know what I want to do. You know it's one of those things. How do you how, how do you get that opportunity? Because yeah. I didn't want to just come back and just do it. So uh, I, I'm literally home for, I'd retired. I've been home maybe six, eight months. And, uh, and I, and then the off seasons and stuff like that, I'd coach my kids in their fall league and things like that. And, 
and stuff. And so I'd coach a few kids. Well, you know, uh, it ended up that Miller School of Albemarle, which is about 15 minutes from my house, which I had no idea even existed. Uh, that, you know, so I, so I ended up, <clears throat> uh, getting this call from a parent saying, Hey, you know, can you come up there and look at this? You know, they, you know, they don't have this, they don't have that. And some things are going on. So I go up and, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I meet with the athletic director and I'm mm-hmm. talking and, you know, and I, and, and I'm sitting here and he goes, well, you know, one of the questions comes up, well, can you do better? Because I'm sitting there going, why, why, why are the bases shorter? Why, why, the, you know, why, why is it such oh, a draw? What's, what's going yeah. on? So I get the, I get the whole, well, can you do better? And I'm like, yeah, I yeah. can. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can. <laughs> and, and so, you know, now, now for me, it was, uh, I mean, it was really like that. Oh boy, what yeah. in the world did I just do to myself? Because, you know, I retired to be with my kids and, and my kids aren't even in high school yet. They're mm-hmm. like, my oldest is like in the seventh grade or something like that. And he can't even come to Miller for like a whole year. So now the, my wife's like, what are you doing? You you just took a, a coaching job and you, you, you were like, and so it hadn't even been a year. So after surviving that, I mean, it, but it was that whole, the whole thought process was, you know, being a coach isn't, there's so much entailed, you know, there's entailed. So I reached out to my high school coach. I, all the, just talking to him, how, how do I get this started? How do I go mm-hmm. about it? And he said, well, the first thing you got to do is you got to be able to communicate what you know. It's not what you know. It's not who you know. It's not what you've done. It's got nothing to do with that. He goes, you'll get kudos from, from everybody knowing who you are and what you're, but you're only going to be as good to that kid as how you communicate to that kid what you know and what can benefit them. And you can't go and and teach a 14 year old kid how to be a major league baseball player. You got to teach that kid how to catch the ball, how to make the routine play. And so that's exactly wow. how I went about it. And, and you know, we, I mean, my first, and you know, when I got there, we didn't even have a, a, a JV team, a junior varsity team. Right. We had, just a varsity. And so a lot of the kids, you know, weren't getting to play. And so <clears throat> I start this JV and, and I literally had one, I had about nine kids. One was from Vietnam. It never played. Hmm. Uh, and, and the, the expertise of my coaching, this is, this is how, how awesome of a coach I was. <laughs> uh, this Vietnam kid, his name was Bill Nguyen. Hmm. I mean, toughest kid I've ever, I mean, literally I watched him take a line drive off his face and keep playing. It was just amazing. I was like, Oh my God, a tooth fell out, everything play right on through it. So, uh, but I'm sitting there, he's, you know, he, he's very limited in, in his English. And so, and I am too. So we were really (laughs) battling to to communicate. And so we, you know, we go this whole JV season, him being right-handed, hitting right-handed, playing right-handed, Last very last practice we had, he picks up my glove and he's throwing left hand and he's like he looks normal and I'm like, uh, Bill, why didn't you tell me you're left handed? He goes, Oh, I thought you couldn't be left handed. Oh my god! I said gosh. what? I said so I'm like, I am a really solid coach right now. Yeah. Really, <laughs> well, I feel solid. really good but, about myself. Yeah, and but you know, but you know, these things. All of a sudden, it was that you know. The learning process that I went through was just learning how to communicate to that kid. Because now, said I had a kid from Hong Kong hmm. who's you know three hundred three hundred or three thousand miles away from or further away from his family, and yeah. you know, and then uh, <clears throat> I've got local kids, and I've got kids from every you know. I mean, I've got the rich kid, the poor kid, the 
you know, I've got the kid that's just, you know, hey, I'm just going to do this. I, I've got the kid that's all, he's bought in and, you know, and I've got the athlete, at uh, an athlete here and there, and then I've got one, one or two that wasn't very good. And so now I'm sitting here going, well, you know, gosh, now it's, you know, and, and what, this is how I'm blessed. My life has been blessed. The Lord has blessed me. He gives me a, an assistant coach named John Llewellyn, whose, whose wife is just taken over as the Virginia girls, uh, golf coach. And so I, uh, I asked him to help me. Well, he's down there every day. He homeschools his kids. So he's, I mean, Simon Llewellyn's third grade. We're out there. He's back. We're out there fixing the field, doing this every day and just building that. And that's building that, uh, that, you know, database of just how they even talk to, to a 13, 14 year old kid. That's and right. so that was how I figured out, I'm just going to, I've just got to spend time with them. I, I've just, you know, you can't sit here and rush through a practice just so you can say you've got these things done. It was, you know, having a conversation about what school was. And I mean, we spent, we would spend 45 minutes just playing catch yeah. because a lot of it was playing fetch. Yeah. And so I had to teach them how to play catch. And so, you know, and it's trial and error and trial and error. And then, you know, but they were bought in. And so mm. they're bought in. And, you know, so I'm making all these mistakes on, on just communicating what I need. And so <clears throat> John was one, he was that buffer coach that was able to, to kind of help go, you know, this is how I think he was talking about it. And so all of a sudden you've got this great combination and the kids are just, they're all in the very next year. My, our varsity coach uh, retires. He's got health problems. So, uh, and, and eight or nine seniors leave. I have one, I have one, two seniors that are coming back. I have a sophomore and then the rest of the kids are eighth graders. Now my, my oldest son is an eighth grader and then, and I've got a couple kids that have come in as eighth graders. And so now I've got about 11, 12 kids. And so I, I've got, I've got enough to do. We played something like 20 varsity games and we played something like 20 JV games. Hmm. And so my JV, the, all the kids you, up to a certain age, you could play JV and yeah. varsity. So I had, I was doing both. We were, we were playing just to get both. reps. Just to get reps. Yeah. And so we play varsity and just get our brains beat in. And then we play on JV and we would go out there and, and we would handle ourselves. So it took me time and, and, you know, just guys buying in and getting bigger and, you know, introducing them to what, a, what a weight room looks like. Because when you're in the eighth grade, there's not a lot of weights you can even lift. And sure. so you're, you're, you're like, Hey, we got to do a lot of push-ups, We're going to do a lot of running, yeah. you know, a lot of jump rope, a lot of agility stuff just to get you into it where you can, you know, until you get through puberty and your body starts to show some signs of growth. And so <clears throat> that was really just a, you know, and then just kind of picking, picking my high school coaches here because he knew, of course, he, you know, 30 some years of coaching, 40 some years of coaching. He, he's, he, he knows everything as far as I'm concerned. And so I'm That's sitting right. here and that, that was my only, you know, person to really talk to because being a private school, public schools are like, oh, you're taking up players. I'm not talking to you. Not going to happen. <laughs> and so, you know, and so, you know, that was, that was how, you know, learning to coach came about. But then I, as I'm watching, I'm watching the teams we play and then I'm in the travel ball and all these things. And everything's about winning everything. If you don't win, you, mm -hmm. and, and I mean, the, then I started seeing the stress of the kid and the pressure of the kid. I'm, I mean, my oldest kid's a late bloomer. My, <clears throat> all my kids have been late bloomers. And so, you know, he, you know, I'm starting to see the pressure of an, in the eighth grade of a kid who's playing with some kids that are, uh, 
you know, six three, and he's like I was. I mean, he's yep. an eighth grader, and he's he's literally four ten, and he's not even a hundred pounds. And <laughs> ball the bat, you know, the balls. Don't, so you know, now I had to figure out. Hey, we. I, I'm not going to coach like this. I'm not going to coach these kids that winning is everything. I'm going to teach them the process of winning, and let them win. I'm not. I'm not going to sit out here and try to coach the game. I'm going to put them in situations. So practice is going to be my time to be, be that guy to 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 do all those things. And so you know, and and that's kind of how I learned how to to kind of do some things. And you know, I stress to our kids, uh, you know, that's you know, as a coach to be successful, there's a commitment, and yeah. and you got to go about things doing it a certain way. But you know, each kid I've coached, I've had to talk to differently. Hmm. And, you know, you had the kid that's very mental, the kid that's, you know, just say, hey, I just show up and I'm really good. And, and you know, some of my best coaching, uh, and, and you said earlier, we won two state championships. My best coaching was the first, uh, was uh, the year before, and I had four Division One uh, infielders. Yep. My catcher went to Clemson. My second baseman went to uh, uh, Duke. My uh, shortstop went to UVA and then my son goes to Liberty. And then we had, then we had the juniors who were the talented outfield. Well, <clears throat> or, and, uh, I had a center fielder who went, uh, uh, to a, a Juco. Well, <clears throat> they just didn't, they didn't know how to quit. Yeah. And so the biggest thing I had to learn is, and, and is to put that, let them understand what we're trying to achieve. But, you know, they, I, I, I can't teach them how to face, you know, 22 year old kids, yep. you know, I, this is as far as I can take them at this point. Mm. Now just sit back and let them play, let them do their thing. And so we, we ended up, <clears throat> we ended up going 25 and four or, or something like that. And yeah. so <clears throat> best coaching I did was say, knowing that, Hey, you know what? All you're going to do is screw this up. <clears throat> <clears throat> let them do their thing. And they knew what they're doing. They knew the expectations. They had, They'd been through this program for four or five years, and so they understood the what they were doing. And you know, I didn't have to try to overcoach them. And then, you know, really, you know, good teams have good leadership. Yep. Or they have smart leadership, and understanding that the that smart leadership meant teaching the young guys or the <clears throat> seniors and the peers that they were the reason that they were going to cause the success yeah there's nothing i'm going to do for that and so teaching them how to be a leader how to talk to that kid who's not as good as they are or you know and so we let our team vote for our captains each year and so they vote and you know and you know we give them parameters of course but and and so you know teaching them how to be accountable and and all those things that to me was where coaching has stood out and i get i still get excited about going to the ballpark and and dealing with the kid who really is going to struggle playing mm-hmm. this year or mm-hmm. and knowing, you know what, we're going to work. We're just going to work, you know. And so, you know, I, I get inspired when I think about all the coaches that I've t- spoken with that talk about these things and, and you know, uh, just helping a kid to be better. And so the success that I always feel is not the win. It's it's what that kid has accomplished and him coming back saying, thanks, coach. And, you know, those are the that's the justification of – for me as being a coach winning a state championship was the process of them wanting to win a championship to play hard because they love the game they love the guy beside them they didn't have to 
they didn't have to spend all the time in the world with them, but they, they, they wanted to win and, you know, mm-hmm. they'd never been part of something like that. And so, you know, coaching them all different. I mean, anybody that's had to coach their own son knows that it's the most difficult thing in the world because you've seen them all up and, and you're, you want them to be nothing but successful. But, and so as a parent, you have a, a, a a huge tendency to like you know either be really tough on them or you know you, you let them get away with everything so the greatest thing and was allowing my assistant coach say listen you deal with him you yeah. deal with him yeah you know what and, and and so my relationship with my son was still good i mean i still got had the conversations of you know you know they being type a you know i always tell people listen do not ask me something you do you don't want to to know because <laughs> right. uh, you know I, I my filter is limited at times right. to, a, to a real bad fault transparent I mean, at all times <laughs> yes and yeah. so and, and that and that's another thing i had you know you couldn't tell a kid who you know was having a bad day hey, you suck yeah you know you couldn't say that thing because that was that bait that pro lingo you know you yep. know guy comes in there and so you really had to sit there and go that's all right so you got another you got you got another day tomorrow you know hey what are you gonna do about it what you had to use them in motivating terms. And so that was part of that communication thing that, you know, I still try to get better with every day. And I think that's where like having these associations can allow us to grow as, as coaches because we're not a finished product. And we always are facing situations with kids who, that are different than we expected. You know, it's not roll out on the baseball field. It's the, Hey, coach, I, you know, I'm struggling in math or, you know, hey, my mom's sick or, hey, I'm dealing with depression or, you know, what am I going to do about not, you know, uh, there's so many things that we as coaches have to deal with anymore that, you know, we have to treat these kids as, you know, human, human beings and, and kids before we even really get to talk to them about playing baseball. So, oh my gosh, that, that's a staple of this show, but you just walked right into that. That is a, huge piece of this is is our conversations we get into baseball on every front every dynamic uh every fundamental but it comes back to man it's it's coaching people it's helping them accomplish their goals it's you know because again for the greater good the greater bigger scale here is that man we're preparing them for life baseball is a cool vehicle for that but man these kids are going to spend more time as husbands and fathers and, and members of society than they will as baseball players. So you're definitely on it, dude. And and here's you just opened up so much that I want to unpack. But I think the one thing I'm gonna jump all over is you talked about your growth as a leader has been in the communication aspect, has been in, you know, really finding unique ways to coach individuals and coach them individually. Is there another area you would point to? Because I think that's always a good, a good kind of touch point is your growth as a leader from the ability to stand in front of that team each and every day and direct the mission of this program and where this team is going to go. What's another area you've really grown inside that space? Well, accountability. Okay. Um, Love it. You know, I, I think being able to evaluate yourself as a coach, um, <clears throat> you know, we've had, I've had some really super players and, you know, of course I've made mistakes with each, with the players where I've sit there and maybe they, you know, explain something different or maybe they, you know, felt more pressure for me to be able to be successful or they mm-hmm. thought that I, my expectation for them was, you know, you know, I, I was expecting too much of them or, or they were trying to be too much of a pleaser, you know? And so the accountability for me is sitting here understanding them, <clears throat> yeah. you know, if the guy, you know, first and foremost, the success of a player is, is just having backing from, from that coach. Okay. You know, there is nothing worse than having 
a coach that sits there and in the good times it's just rah rah pat him on the back talk about how awesome they are and and then you know if they struggle to man that's awful you know i don't know what you're doing da, 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 you know just blowing him up yeah. so you know making sure that i I'm, I'm truthful and accountable to myself to the kids i mean i've stood in front of the meeting you know after a win and, and a loss and said you know I, with some wins and woof boy, you guys made me look good, <laughs> you know, because, you know, you put that kid in or, you know, that maybe is struggling and, you know, he comes out and he, he does his job or, or, you know, you go out there and you put on something that you probably shouldn't have done and, you know, uh, it doesn't work out. And so, you know, uh, and, and also, you know, for me growing is learning to, to understand that failing is, is, part of this yes. and, 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 yes. and knowing that it's okay and, and understanding to go to that kid and, and apologize. Say, listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I put you into that. You're, Hey, you know, I said something off the cuff, uh, you know, about a play, you know, you know, because of whatever, but uh, being human. And, and, you know, I think that's part of that being able to go to the kid and say, you know, Hey, I, I messed up. I, you know what? I put you in a tough situation and, you know, Hey, Thanks for going out there and handling it. But, I mean, accountability is, is not just on the kid and, and going out there and doing their job and, and, and being perfect because, I mean, we can practice all day long. But it's mm-hmm. also the coach to be able to sit there and go, you know what, I'm not spending enough time doing something with this kid to help him get to where he wants to go to or or just, you know, I need to, you know, just spending more time with him in general. You know, picking up the phone or texting him now that you can – you can you have the social media and just saying, hey man, how you doing? You know, and spending that time and and uh, understand because there might be something. And and I try to make it a point that if if I'm tough on a kid in practice, if I don't get to give him a hug or something motivational before he leaves, that you know I'm going to call him, text him, just say, hey, just want to tell you I love you, mm-hmm. and that you know I'm on you because of this. And you know, uh, but I, I think for me it's just you know being accountable and being able to evaluate myself and 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 know that you know i'm you know i'm gonna make these mistakes and telling the kids hey you know what i'm not you know i'm not you know i'm not perfect i'm not gonna you know i'm gonna blow some games because i'm gonna i'm you know i'm gonna coach outside the box i don't believe in coaching the book and i mean we still third with two outs, and mm-hmm. we do things because, you know what, I see something, and I'm going to, hey, I'm going to do over a bun, or we, we do all kinds of crazy things, and, you know, and I hear it, you know, as any coach goes, well, why would you do that? Well, because I'm the coach, and <laughs> you know what, I get to do those things. No doubt. But, I mean, you know, it's really the, the whole, you know, I mean, the full circle is being able to be accountable, and I can't be a leader of young men if I can't be accountable uh, to myself and show mm. them what that means. And so if I'm out there, well, I, you know, I chewed tobacco for, for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I started coaching and, and stuff and, and, uh, and I just, you know, I kind of kept watching kids and, you know, I was like, man, you know what? And I'd always tell my wife I was going to stop. And, uh, and I kept looking and all of a sudden there's a couple of kids that started chewing tobacco and, you know, it just both way. Whoa. And I'm like, you can't do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, Here's the accountability. You, well, you're doing it. Well, you know what? It was absolutely right. So you know what? I quit. I quit cold turkey. Said I, I am done. I'm not doing wow. it. I'm not going to do it. And so I stopped. And I've, so I've, I haven't uh, dipped in 
I guess I'm going on maybe three years or something like that. But it's one of those things where, you. you know, just learning that, you know, we're viewed in a different way. And, and yeah, we're not perfect. And I don't want a kid to, or anybody mm-hmm. to sit there going, oh, he thinks he's perfect. No, I, I you know, I want to do the right thing by the kid. Yes. You know, the parents, you know, and I guess this sounds awful. Is like, you know, when I talk to parents and kids together, I, you know, I tell the parents, I said, you know, I've got an open door. You can come in and you can listen. You can, you can, I said, I hope you tell me every day that your son is the greatest player on our team. I said, I said, I, you better believe that. You should believe that because he needs that support. Now it's my job to be realistic and, and to help him to get the, the best do he can get. Mm-hmm. I said, but you know, it's also the accountability for the parent and, and, and understand like, and having a conversation with parents and the kid going, what do you want? Well, I want to go play at the University of Virginia. I mean, there's not a kid that hadn't come in my door saying they want to play the D1 or, sure. uh, or pro ball. But Before you know they what? say and farum. Like, and, well, and you know what? I always tell them, you know what? That there's a million options. Yep. But they always say D1. You know, it's never D2 or D3. They're mm-hmm. never going to think about that. And, mm-hmm. and you know what? I'm like, heck yeah, man. That's what I want you Hey. Good. Now, when we get down the road, now we'll have another discussion and we'll see where that's at because all of a sudden it changes because reality. But you know what? My job's to, you know, help that kid. Yeah. And so if he goes, I'm going to go to this D1, I'm going to do this. I'm well, I, my first thing, all right, well, here's the work ethic you're going to need. And this is what I'm going to provide. And this is what I'm going to demand of you to be able to, to do that. Now, in a couple of years, we'll go back to that and we'll, we'll, we'll revisit that with your family sitting right here and go, well, is this where you're at or what, you know, what are your options? And, and, you know, and that's, you know, I, for, for me, I've been very fortunate to have some tremendously great supportive parents, but like any coach, you're going to have parents that are tough that that are, you know, you know, are going to say some things to you that, you know, you're going to take, you're going to be offended by. Yes. And I I probably learned to be accountable through them and how I have to react with their kids around a little bit better. And I mean, having the parent tell me, you know, I don't know why, you know, why, why are you playing this kid there? You know, during the game or, you know, you make a move and yelling at me from the stand and stuff like that. Learning how to have that, you know, to, to have a thicker skin, you know, cause for me, I mean, if anybody, you know, knows a professional athlete, it, that's not the easiest thing to do. Yeah, no <laughs> it, doubt. Is to have a thick skin. I mean, mm-hmm. we have a thick skin, but I mean, everything feels personal because it's so, you're constructively criticized. And now it's even worse because of social media. And so now how I react or how the kids react, and we have these discussions about, you know, the accountability to your team and to, to each other and to your family and to yourself and, so there, that, that is, you know, something that, you know, I think, I, I mean, probably every night I'm thinking about, man, you know what, I probably could have said this different or, you know, I could have, you know, maybe I should have said that or, you know, so the accountability and evaluation of a coach is, I don't think it's ever, it's ever ending because for, for us, it's not the winning, it, the win, the process of winning is what you're trying to instill, instill on these kids, but really the success for the coaches what happens with this kid when he's out of my hand? Because, you know, there's nothing more flattering than a parent or a coach getting the remark, man, your kids are so well behaved. I really appreciate 
that they, you know, haven't tore the hotel rooms up or they're not yelling all night long. Obviously there's something in the, something's working. And I, what I love about your statement a couple of minutes ago was that, you know, I was three years removed from uh chew, man. Congrats. I'm, I'm, I'm a year ahead of you. I went four. As soon as I found out that we were pregnant with uh, my son, Cooper, I threw the bag of chew out and never touched it since. So, I, but I think it's a more of the lesson of if you're going to talk it, you got to walk it. And that actually came up on our last podcast with Dylan Lawson and Jeff Albert was as coaches, we talked to our players about, you got to think the game, you got to learn the game. You got to, you got to watch video. You got to, you know, stay, stay clued in. You got to find ways to learn. But then as a coach, do you ever turn the mirror back on yourself and say, well, what am I doing each day to learn and grow and challenge my thoughts? And certainly that's a, another staple of, of what we do here. Now I am interested because I've never seen Miller high school play. And I think our listeners may be thinking the same thing. So I'm, I'm just wondering, you found success on the field. And certainly there's a, there's some talent that has come through the ranks there. But what have you built the program on? Like when you step back and you look at, man, these are the things that we stand for. What are those standards? But then if I'm watching you from the stands, what's kind of your style of play? How would you characterize uh, Miller High School and how you guys play on, on the baseball field? Our style of play is that we, we play fast. Okay. We, we, we're not one-dimensional. Um, I've, you know, I've had all, like as we've had all types of talent. We've had some speed, some thumpers, we've had all kinds, but on the whole, we're still a high school team. And so okay. we, 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 we're very gritty. We, we play, mm-hmm. we work and we talk a lot about IQ. Uh, and, and I tell our kids, you know, there's always someone working hard. I yeah. mean, we always hear that there's someone always working to be better than you. And so when you, when you're, when you're, practicing there's a commitment to how hard are you going to commit you know and i know we're not always 100 percent every day but you might be 80 percent. but give me that 100 out of that 80 percent. i said and that's all i can ask for and i said you know i can't i can't i can't say anything if you don't get a hit if you're going up there with the right approach and you're working hard hey get it and there's going to be days you just have a bad approach and you're just not very good i said you know what you know why i know that because i've lived that and i understand yeah. that and so that's so but but there's a passion with me of on that third base. You know, I don't, I, I don't do a lot of yelling. You know, I don't, I'm not a big yeller, which is, I, I think it's unusual because I think when people think of me as a closer in, in pro ball, that I was an angry individual, but it was just that, that moment of intensity that I had to have. And so <coughs> when I'm at third base, I'll have that, that face of like, Hey, this is, this is what we're trying to do. And, yeah. You know, and, and I expect, you know, the same thing these kids expect. If I give you a bunt, I expect you to get it down. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you're going to do it again. And if you got two strikes, you're going to, you're going to bunt. You're going to still bunt. You're still going to do this. And it's all on you. It's not me. And I tell them, I said, I'm not, I'm not holding the bat. I will not make a pitching. I will not make a play. I said, so this is, this is your time. I said, but I'm going to give you these situations that, you know, we're going to play as a team. And so it's very mm-hmm. team oriented. It's it's truly about the accountability for each player to each other, and so we we play fast. We, uh, we you know some of the greatest games we've played we've lost, and and it's truly just uh, you know uh, learning every day. We talk about it every day. We we win and we learn. It's not the the losing part that we talk talk about. It's the learning. What did you learn from that? Why why you know I I don't I give colleges and and coaches a hard time when I all I sit there and watch the coaches giving signs and telling the kid what to do and holding his hand and, and not allowing him to make a mistake like if he mm. loses this game it's gonna 
So I tell our kids, I said, listen, if you think you can still that base, still base. Yeah. You know, there's a time. And I said, I said, I can't teach you when to still a base and when not to, if I'm always telling you when to do it. <laughs> I said, so you're going to have to fail. You're going to have to fail to, to be able to learn how to be successful. So, you know, and I'm not going to call every pitch. I said, because you don't need to know what I know. You need, you need to learn who you are. You know, you're, you know those, those are the things that are, and so Adam Hackenberg's playing at Clemson, you know, I don't want him going to Clemson and, and then go, all right, we'll call your game. Go ahead and call the game if that's even possible in college anymore. But if, if they call it, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and him to go, oh, let's just do this number down. Yeah. I want him to understand what he's looking for. And so we spent a, we spent a lot of time on just IQ. So, we, we may lose because we're not as talented at times, but we it won't be because we're out there without a plan. And so, you know, if we execute the plan, then it's great. And so, I, I really just let our kids play free. But we are gritty. I mean, we mm. when we've won both of our state championships, uh, it's because probably the one person who doesn't get the recognition uh, is probably our first baseman, and he has been probably a godsend. He's about five foot ten. He's probably if it wasn't for him and we we probably lose hands down because he is the probably one of the greatest fielding first basemen I've ever seen because hmm. all these D one guys that I've talked about threw balls all over the place and he made the most unbelievable plays. Or and then he would bat in a nine hole and he would come up and he's a left handed hitter and he would he would have these incredible bats and he would hit, he would, he would, he would battle through, through the bats and then that pitcher's tired. And then all of a sudden here's UVA, Duke, Clemson, Liberty rolling out there on you and yeah. you're tired. And so those are the, you know, so just letting each kid know their importance. And so when they feel important and when they feel, you know, like that, they, they, they come together and usually it takes a little while because. You know, they go through travel ball, and each t- guy's on a different travel ball team. But they're, it, it takes, you know, re, you know, rewiring them a little bit at times, or you get somebody that's, you know, new to the team. But, you know, the whole, it's not about you, it's about us mm-hmm. when we're on the field, that mentality. So mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're really, we're, you know, we really try to be a close-knit, like any, any team. And sometimes it works um, quick, and sometimes it's, it's you know, it's a little difficult. Like this year will be a little different for us because we have, we don't have that leadership yet that we've had in the past where you, you had a, the marquee division one player who knew how to handle his business and, and could lead through example, mm-hmm. either as a field general or by talking to those kids. Now, now we've got, you know, some guys that are having to learn how to, to talk and, and walk it. And that's so, it. you know, and that's, and that's, you know, and that's what this is all about. And so when you play us and, and, you know, I, I tell our guys, I said, whether we win or we learn, it's about that, that other team knows that they got to pack their lunch to come play us. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, mm-hmm. cause you're playing when it's done. I know it's going to hurt if we, if we do lose, but uh, you know, you earn your respect by how you go about your business. You run every play out. You, 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 you do everything you can. And so they, I think it's just the expectation of the coach and holding them accountable of, you know, if, if things don't go well, because you always have that kid who thinks bunning and practice is stupid. Right. And so when we practice and we practice and it always comes up to that kid. And so 
for me, it's that justification. I sit there basing that without a doubt. I'm giving them, but I don't, I don't even, I, a lot of times I don't even give them like that code. Uh, and I'm like, you're bunting. I just tell them because, because it's all about execution. And now you've got to execute that. The third baseman's always looking at me like, oh, this trick, is this trick? <laughs> and so, you know, I'm like, but, and all of a sudden, fouls it off and then he fouls the next one off and, it's like, you know, and he's just, oh my gosh, you could just see the fear in his eye. And I'm like, well, you got to commit. Yeah. You got to commit to this. And so, you know, they get it down the next week, the next practice, man, they're, they're, that, that doesn't, they don't do that anymore. They're like, oh, I got to get this down. This is, this is serious. This mm-hmm. is, this is the deal. And so, I mean, I mean, you know, it, but it goes back to the style of play, I guess, is, is the consistency of how I try to coach through sure. practice. And the expectations, you know, these kids have already put on themselves, but I try to keep them accountable to what they're, what they want to be, yeah. you know, and some of these kids have two rings that they, they're very proud of. And, and, and we talk about it, you know, openly like, Hey, what, what was, why is this so important to you? And mm-hmm. it's like, because of such and such and allowing them to understand it, to enjoy that, but know that each year is a different year and that's, yeah. You know, what, what do you want out of this? And so really it's just, you know, some, in some ways just trying to stay out of the way, but having that demeanor and, and the consistency of what our practices are, what, 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 what we're capable of. Cause you can't keep coaching. You can't have a, I can't be a coach that coaches every team the same way because yeah. it's such a, there's turnover and, and things like that. But you know, the one thing I can is this is how we play. We bunt, mm-hmm. we hit and run, we steal bases, we take the extra base. Those are the things that that we we can control. I can't control you get a hit. Yeah. I can't control if you hit a home run. I can't control all those things. But you know, we lift we lift a couple times a week. If we if we're on the road, and you know, uh, you're you're not pitting, you may throw your bullpen. We we try to keep it as organized like as a college as possible. And you may we'll bring sandbags and we bring we bring mess and balls. And you you're not pitching that day or you're not playing. Guess what? You're 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 you may be on you may be with me just doing net Get, ball throws. getting after it yeah yeah right and i mean but that's that that you know just because you're not playing doesn't mean you're not playing yeah you you've got you've got a job to do and so you know it's just trying to and and i think what it shocked the kids that have, that i've been around is that they understand they don't come to the field and you know and, and think that you know well it's no big deal. You know, yeah. this is what we did. This, you know, this is just what we do. And so the, the style of play is just based on the consistency of each team. And so, mm. you know, sometimes, you know, it varies. Yeah, I love it. So here's the back half of the show is, is all the stuff that we really get out of these dugout chatter shows. And they're questions that I'm really excited to ask you because there's a lot of good nuggets that come from these. And the first one is, if you're looking at the game and you're paying attention, you're watching, or it was something at practice, or it was on TV, or somebody brought a new thought to you that really challenged maybe the way that you coached it before, what's something you would point to that, you know, maybe I'll do this differently? What's something recently that's happened that, that maybe changed your thoughts? I don't know if there's one one, one spot, but it's uh, I'm always been open to, to my players bringing something to me, say, what if we tried this and did sure. this? I'm all open for it because when it's their idea, they're, they're already built in and mm-hmm. they're bought into, Oh yeah, I'm a, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love hearing it from, you know, from our kids because they sit there and they, they've thought about it and they, they, they think that this is something that's doable. And, 
but I, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty open-minded, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I've had kids sit there and give me signs from first base of hmm. things they want to do. And, and, and I'm like, Hey, okay. You know, cause they've, they've, they've spoke, and, you know, there's nothing better than being around baseball people, yes, baseball minded people, no because doubt. when you have that, then you know what? It's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm probably not the, you know, and it's funny, I'm the, how I'm going to say this is going to sound weird, but I'm not the I'm not a very good game day baseball coach. I'm really not. Okay. I, 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 you know, because I stand at I stand at third base or I'm in the dugout, and so many times I'm watching, you know, the development and how a guy moves or whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, I've got guys looking at me for like a you know the bunt sign or something like that, and I'm like, uh, where 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 were we at? You know, and I'm how he got his secondary. Because I'm so much more into that development, so yes, you know, yeah. So, but I, I mean, you know, if I, you know, I definitely, I know for a fact that when I watch pro baseball, I try not to take anything out of it. Hmm. I don't want because I don't want my kids to. I can't have my these kids trying to hit like Bryce Harper yeah. or, or or Mike Trout or you know, I, or throw like Max or. Or some of these guys that are just freaks. I mean, they you can't even imagine. I mean, the people if you've never been to a big league game or around a, a, these guys, they're they're freaks. They yeah. are just, I mean, different. different and animal. so you, they are. And I mean, their mentality, their how they go about their business. So I can't, you know, I can't coach off of a, you know. And I'll watch college, and and I sit there and I go, you know, I like to watch college, and I talk to the, our guys about how they might run a practice. But there's, you know, I always try to do something different practice i like keeping them busy and mm-hmm. making them feel like there's there's more to this and you know and so you know when, when you go to these conventions that's the one thing that i'm always you know I, that i'm i, I was i want to see how do you run practice or how do you get this guy to do this or what, what's your technique and so if i see those things now i can vary from uh jmu uh was at our banquet and he was mm-hmm. talking about catchers and mm-hmm. so I videotaped the whole conversation, his whole spiel, the video and everything. And so since that thing, that's what my catchers have done. Here, this is what we do. This is what we're going to work on. There you go. Because I, you know, I like that, you know, that's what I, I need. I need you to, I need you to want to get better. And you know what? I was a pitcher and I know yeah. as a pitcher, I'm not very good if I have a bad catcher. And so, <laughs> right. you know, I, I need you to, to make, and I tell catchers, I say, you know, if we're going to be successful, a lot of it's because of you mm-hmm. and your determination to understand what's going on and to really fight to be tough and to, to, you know, do these things. And sometimes, you know, it takes you a little while for some of these guys, but you know, that's what I, you know, I learned coming out of this convention was, you know, the one thing that I went for, I was able to get because of, Ooh, Hey, yeah. And he, on top of that, he gave me a way to kind of run uh, some infield drills. And so now I'm, so now I'm like I'm writing this thing down and video. So that that may be the one thing that when we start practice, I've already started that with our catchers uh, now doing their agility and practices and stuff. But you know when when we really start to get on the field, that we'll start running some of these uh, uh, you know in and outs like that. Yeah, I love it. Oh, that's great. All right, important question we ask, and I, I think I already know where this is going to go, and I think our listeners would as well if we listen to you long enough. When you think about how you define success, uh, success to me is the consistency and how you go about the business. Uh, mm. Can't control wins and losses. Uh, uh, I mean, you can you can make the greatest pitch or 
hit the hardest ball and a guy make you know you make the greatest play or or somehow hit it uh but you can control effort yes and and, and commitment so i you know to me you know how i about see that is just on, on things i guess you can control not uh not on the actual outcome of the game because there's so many times that's just out of your hands no doubt that's a good way of putting it. Um, do you have daily habits or routines? Are there things that you do uh, that you think maybe put your best foot forward each day? And then also resources or things of book you read or I know I actually got to put the podcast on your phone, which was an awesome yeah. moment uh, to be able to do that. <laughs> but uh, are there things that, that just um, you, know, you do each day that you think really help you be the best version of yourself? Well, I listen to my wife. Yes, there lot. you. Well, so that good for you, smart man. Automatically, well, I was smart enough to know that I was going to have to marry up from the get go. So that go. that was the first thing that I tried to do. Uh, and she was an athlete; she was a college basketball player. So she she gets the whole competitive, sure. uh, you know, thing. So that's a, that's a big plus. But mm. you know, I, I probably read more now than I ever read in high school and college. I I, I am wow. always reading about you know, the mental side of the game or, you know, um, you know, how I can better myself is just, just learning. I mean, I, you know, my wife laughs, but I've probably got four or five books on right beside the bed and, you know, and it might, you know, I don't sit there and go, I've got to read this cover to cover right now. It's, it's kind of like, well, you know, I'm going to read this a little bit today. So I usually get a chapter here, chapter there, you know, sometimes I might get more than that, but it's, you know, I, I read a lot, but you know, how to deal with kids and how to, Sometimes, you know, sometimes I, I feel like I get my best foot down, but you know, there's a lot of times I'm sitting there going, man, I could have brought some better there. But I, I think that's just because there's an expectation and, and there's a love for these kids that I don't, I, you know, I don't want to let them down. And I, won't, I don't want to let them down just because I feel like being half-assed today mm-hmm. or I'm tired today or because, you know what, <clears throat> that one day that I take a day off might be that day they really need me and I'm not prepared to give that to them. So having, you know, you don't, I, and I'll tell them, I don't always have something to say about your situation, but, you know, I, I do trust that God will give me the ability to, you know, to, to find somebody that mm. is smarter than me that can help them. And so, you know, I, I don't always try to be the uh, the only person that makes sense. And I tell them that all the time that, you know, I'm not the, I'm not the brains of this outfit. I'm just the face of it. Yeah. <clears throat> and so... You know, I, I just need to, you know, I, I, I read a lot and they, they laugh and I'm always passing these, uh, <clears throat> books to them. I mean, the champion's mind or the, you know, just, I mean, any book that I've read during the summer or I'm reading, I'll, I'll send it to them and go, Hey, listen, this is, you know, you can probably get some, and sometimes it may not be for the team. It might be just for the an, an yeah. individual and That's say, right. Hey, listen, you know, this is something I read. I think might pertain to you, you know, you read it, you know, see what you think. And, you know, and I explained to them that, you know, this isn't saying that you're a bad player, a good player, this, that, and the other. It's just, hey, I care about you, and I think that this might help you grow a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's great. Um, now, you mentioned earlier, and this this could easily qualify, uh, the kid played the entire year with throwing with the wrong hand, hitting with the wrong side of the <laughs> box. But um, when you think about your most humbling moment in coaching, out there in the field, in the game, something happens, and you can reflect on that moment and you remember just how hard it hit home, what's the most humbling moment you'd offer, Billy? Oh, man, I think I think it was a – we were in the state championship game. Okay. And my best – we're down by four runs. My best player's up, but the base is loaded. 
he's up there and he's bad. It's three, I mean, it's I mean, it's the iconic version of you know just man being being that guy mm-hmm. having all those things coming away. And he struck out looking fastball right down the middle. And I remember he fell. He fell straight to the ground. Mm. And I mean, and I mean, you know, I I, I got I, you know I was I to me I felt like. What what was so humbling is that our team rushed out, grabbed him, and picked him up, mm. hugged him, and it wasn't a why didn't you swing? That it was not, there there wasn't one thing said negative to him. Right. And and I think that was that was when for me I was able to sit and go, well we did something right. Yeah. You know, and and we just lost. I mean, we just lost a, a you know a tough game, but you know. You cannot play this game. You can't. You can't live in this world if you can't have humility. Because mm-hmm. when you when you when you don't have these things, they it really takes the joy out of it. And I mean, I, I, since I've been out of the game, uh, just college, I I've kind of reconnected with a few of the my old teammates from college because their uh, their sons play for me and travel or something. Okay. And so um, you know, and there's a one of my second baseman um, told me a story about our coach and he, he, and he was one of my favorite teammates. It's crazy. He, he wasn't the fastest. Uh, he wasn't our best player, but he, he was always consistent in doing everything. And he was never, you know, you, you never heard his name. I mean, uh, he, he, he was very good, but you just never heard his name because we had a shortstop that was really, a, a, he was getting drafted. And, and so, <clears throat> You know, he's overshadowed a little bit. And I remember him telling me one time that our, our college coach walked up to him and said, you know, the joy of this game will come when you learn how to enjoy other people's success. Oh, preach it, baby. And so when, and, and you know, and so, and, and, you know, I'm out of the game. So, but, but I'm sitting here and I'm looking and he, and he looked at me, he goes, you know, all he did, all the, you know, during that time I was, there was, he goes, there was a time when we were playing and I was so bitter because, you know, I'm doing good, and and I'm not I'm not going to get a chance to go play pro ball, and nobody's talking about me, and I was so upset. And and I guess he goes, I guess coach knew it, and he came up and he just kind of said something like that, and it changed my whole perspective of how I wanted mm-hmm. to 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 do it because he goes, as soon as I started enjoying everybody else's success, then everybody started enjoying my success, and then things started to kind of change for who. And so, you know, that's something that I, you know, that I brought to, you know, I said to certain kids on our team and I said, you know, I know you want to play and I know all you, there's a lot of things going on that, you know, but I said, try to learn to enjoy this kid's uh, time. I yeah. said, your time will come and you want people to be excited about you. So you be excited about that. And so, you know, it, it, it's, those are, you know, unique moments but that, that for being humble uh i mean you know I, i've been humbled quite a bit on the field because as a pitcher there's been a lot of times that i've walked off that field <clears throat> blowing a save or losing a game but i think it those those for me don't even compare to the moments as a coach where you know the kid uh has a bad moment or, you know, or your team surprises you about how they go about acting towards somebody or how they, Gosh. you know, conduct themselves. So I think those mm-hmm. are the, for me, you know, how, it's always, you know, there's a difference with how your kids, but coaching my kids, you know, how, 
how they react to to a situation. You know, it's always humbling when when you sit there and, and you feel like you you've you know you've done something you know halfway right. And yeah. So I, I mean, that's that to me. I mean, so I think we can look back and be humbled by losses and and decisions, but I think it's you know humbling when you can see that this kid is you know more than just a you know, baseball player at times too. Yeah, that's so great. Well, there's a word for that. It's called Mudita, M-U-D-I-T-A. And it's one that's came out uh, even before this podcast, but through this podcast, actually Pat Murphy, <laughs> head coach at Alabama softball, um, is a big believer in it. And and he frames it in this way. And I don't, I love talking about this, mm-hmm. that if a, one of his girls hits a home run, and the team pours out of the, out of the dugout. By the time she's running the bases, she rounds third, she's heading for home. Somebody walks into their stadium and they don't really know what happened. They just see a team celebrating. They won't be able to figure out who hit the home run. They'll just look at the team and know that whole team is so invested in that moment. And it wasn't about the individual. It was about the team moment. But more than that, it's the deeper play that we all know to be true as a coach is what's happening on the bench. And it's those role players or those backups. And if they can pour into, as you just said, pour mm-hmm. their feelings and emotions and get invested in the person in front of them. Um, it's almost, it's, it's servant leadership in so many ways. It's the ability to die to your ego and, and move your thoughts into someone else. And the minute that you truly do that, you get fulfilled in a way that you never even thought was imaginable. And that's the, uh, that constant search as a coach is how to get your team in that space. And, and as Murph said, and as many coaches have on here as well, Billy, and as you've seen, Great things are possible when you get a total team invested in each other and they let their their own egos or their own goals just kind of just just live on the outside, but make it about the team, yeah. make it about the guy in front of you. It's awesome. Um, okay, this is the pull back the curtain moment. I hope you're ready for this. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see what you might offer. Hidden talents or hobbies? What would you offer us? Oh my gosh, hidden talents? I know you got something hidden for ta- me. Oh my gosh! Uh, hidden talent. I don't know if I have a hidden talent. Okay, let's start. Pretty, let's go down the I list. Don't. Can you karaoke? Uh, no. Well, <laughs> hmm. I, I <laughs> oh. do love to sing. Now, I do love to sing. I'm just not very good. If, okay. If, if, I guess if I had, if if I had a, a, a you know, I, I've tried to sing. I, I really have. I've tried to to sing, and I sung in church and stuff, okay. and. They kicked me out of church, but they. But no, I, I mean, I love to sing. My wife and them are always. I mean, I'm always singing. I mean, that is one of my things. Now, I would love to be able to play an instrument. Okay, my that was my next question. Yep. Yeah, well, she bought me a guitar. Brought, uh, it's funny. I, my left hand doesn't work. Yeah. And so I'm naturally writing. So everything works writing, but my left hand will not work to do anything but throw a ball. That's so funny. So yeah. We talked about that. She plays piano. I can't do. I can't do any of that. <laughs> and so, I, I mean, and, you know, my, my kids are so much, I mean, they have way more, I was so invested in baseball that I think that, you know, they, they, they're, they're a little bit more well-rounded. I there think. you go. I, yeah. You know, yeah. they used to, I used to hunt and, and stuff now. And I think some of these things, have, you know, kind of, you know, rubbed off on some of my kids. But for me, I don't, I mean, I think my wife's probably got She's she's got more things that she's talented in than I am. I'm probably, okay. you know what? Here's what I would say: I'm probably talented in talking. There you go. <laughs> I, I I talk a lot. My wife my wife and kids always give me a hard time that 
<laughs> you know, if we want to go eat, if somebody stops me to talk, that we're never yeah. Talk well, that's uh, it. Seems like our our wives have been talking before we ever met. <laughs> or somehow our wives are, have been uh, corresponding. <laughs> All right, this is a new question I'm adding to the list. If you, I'm going back to this. If mm-hmm. you had one song in karaoke, what's the song you're putting up there? I don't. I'm gonna tell you, there is a million songs that I. I know, I, but I you love. gotta pick one. I'm talking. There's one that can set the stage on fire. What's Billy Wagner throwing up there? Oh my gosh, I have no idea. I've, I am so blank right now. I'm sitting okay. here stressing um, over beads of sweat on my head. I'm, I'm <laughs> it's the toughest question we've ever asked on the podcast. No doubt about it. You know, that that oh man, gosh almighty, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to like text one in or something because I'm okay. Just, and it's you know, I'm a I'm a motivated. I mean, I'm not that. I don't. I you know, I like. I'm. A, I like all kinds of music. Uh, I mean, uh, and, and you know, I just went and saw the Creed two movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm so. In, I, I I took martial arts and did all these things to to oh, try wow. to calm my energies down. But you know, so I'm always listening to uh, positively driven music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, I, and I also like that music that challenges you to to want to be better and. Yeah. And expect it. So I don't know. I mean, there is there is a lot of music that uh, I could probably draw from, and I just cannot name I, one song. I just had an image of you in the in the movie theater, like fist pumping during that. Because they, I tell you what, I watched the first Creed in the movie theater. They turn up the speakers, they turn up the music when he's entering the ring, all that, and it uh, gets you fired up. So I'm guessing Creed Two did the same thing. It did, but you know, I've always felt like an underdog. And, you know, okay. I've always yeah. like being little and stuff. So, sure. you know, uh, so one of the soundtracks that always, you know, uh, Rocky Four. Yeah. You know, yeah. the training montage. And so, yes. you know, uh, and it's funny. So, I, you know, I go up, we've got a home gym. And so we go in and, you know, I'm, I'm lifting. And so I've got my earbuds in and I'm, you know, and, and that's pretty much what I'm, I'm doing. I mean, if anybody was to walk in, they, I mean, they would hear me. You're training you know, for Drago. That's what you're doing every time. I really am. I yeah. really am. I, I really am. And, and, and it lasts about a minute and a half because then I'm exhausted. And I'm right. Can't but the intent is there. I, you know, and it's so funny because, uh, you know, my, my wife says the same thing. She goes, you, you're about 12. Yeah. You're really about 12. <laughs> and, and, you and you know, she, and she's like, you, you wish you were a superhero. Yeah. You wish you were Captain America. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's wrong with that? There's I don't even nothing wrong with that. And so she, I said, well, if I'm going to work with kids, I'm going to have to get right down on that level. And I enjoy that level. Yes. So, uh, but no, I, I mean, awesome. those are, you know, I mean, there's not one song, I guess. Yeah, that's all right. That's, well, there's just plenty. There, there's, there's a bank that we'll, that we'll be able to go to when the time's right. Um, okay. Take me to, I love asking this question too, man. It's again, your experience in the dugout and with teams and with players. Give me, and we got to stay PG, but give me one of the funniest mm-hmm. stories that's happened to you in baseball. Gosh, you would ask, you you guys ask some, I mean, they're hard questions. I'm, I mean, hey, I, we ask the tough questions here, man. Coach, this is, are we asking coach or as a player? I, I, I just want the funniest one. The one that's going to crack me up, I'm going to laugh about it tonight at dinner. I think one of the funniest things that ever happened to me was when I was a player. Okay. I mean, being a coach, I, I and I tell our teams all the time, I said, I'll be honest with you. The best part of coaching is laughing at you guys. Yeah. I said, I laugh at you <laughs> guys day. constantly. But no I, doubt. Yeah, I they laugh at us too. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> they only, they, they, yeah, they've, I found out here recently that they have their own little, uh, little chat line that they do. And it's, you know, for the team. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I have, I have this WhatsApp that includes all the team parents yeah. and all these, and I do all, but then I have 
they have one that's just that so they just talk they they're just making fun of me the whole time obviously <laughs> so uh here i mean i'm playing with the astros it's probably i don't know 97 98 uh we're out in la and i am sitting in the bullpen with our bullpen stretch suba who's one of my closest friends and i'm sitting there and this guy comes up to the fence and goes hey can i get a ball and uh you know i'm like you know i'm kind of you know i'm 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 still kind of green so i yeah. I bullpen catcher goes yeah give me all your clothes and i'm like you know i'm like yeah that'll get him to leave he's leaving now stripped down closing the bullpen i mean start naked throws me the uh, and then so i throw him the ball and next thing i know he's running through dodger stadium naked oh my god that gosh. was probably one of the funniest things that i and, and i mean to be there i think being there was the, the visual i mean it was so inappropriate but it was one of those things you're like they'll never do that and next thing you're like oh my god he has done that oh, you know there's there's always those fans who are like do whatever i don't care yeah and and that was my first reality check of like people 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 will do anything for baseball and you know and i mean they will literally i mean baseball is like gold at a baseball field. i've no had doubt. more hot dogs hamburgers i mean you can you can i mean it's the greatest temptation to a fan in the world yes just let me touch a baseball and you're like really okay you know I mean? great all right when that dude got on the field grade me one through ten the tackle that took him down he never even got on the field he just ran around the concourse he just ran around the are concourse you kidding me didn't even get mm. well that makes it that was the most that makes it awkward for a lot of people <laughs> There was a lot of people going, what? Yeah. And I mean, and if you've been at, if, if you've seen Dodger Stadium, the the stands come right to the bullpen. And I mean, yeah. and so, I mean, it's packed there. Dodger Stadium is packed. And so, and I mean, this guy's, I mean, I, you know, I'm going to guess me. He's probably, he's probably had a few too many drinks. Yeah. And, yep. and, and, uh, but I mean, there's a, there's a, a child beside him. This makes it even worse. But yeah. the child's beside him. And he's like, we think it's for the, yeah, so we're like totally thinking that we're going to say take clothes and he's just not going to do it and no. go on, you know, because you get that. Oh, no. And then it turns out the kid, the kid doesn't even know who this is. <laughs> he's <laughs> yes. around the concourse naked and you're just going, how do you explain that? Right. You don't, you don't, you, you just know? chalk it up for experience. But I mean, they, you know, I, I know there's funnier, but I mean, when I, First saw that I, I was like, "That's just not right." I got, I got and, the visual. I mean, the, oh yeah, it was yeah, seared into my brain. You're <laughs> like, "Oh my god!" So, hmm. oh, okay. But, now, you, you've mentioned a few of these people, so I'm guessing some of the same folks might show up. But then, obviously, you've got guys that influence you in professional baseball. What we're talking about is your personal Mount Rushmore, and that has been a question I think I've asked from day one because it's so intriguing to me that the ability to give those folks a shout out, but more importantly, it's really expressing, man, who are the three or four guys that are folks, you know, women, men, women that have really influenced you the most in baseball. And if you had to exalt them and put them up and you look back at, I'm the man I am today because of these folks, who's on your Mount Rushmore, Billy? Hmm, that is awesome. Hmm. Well, definitely, uh, you know, my mama, yep. she's, she's definitely going to be there because she's all, she's, you, you can't really disappointed mama she loves you no matter what and so she's always and i mean all the stuff she's ever went through in her life battling cancer and 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 still being there for me and and loved me when i 
terrible and loved me when I was mean. You know, my all mama's got to be up there. So yeah. I put my mom up there, and then I probably my coach Coach Perry. He he was a true father figure and a mentor and for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I had to pick, you know, you know, you know, I I think he, in your life there's just certain people that kind of just you know they 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 know how to talk to you. They're yeah. not gonna. They're not going to say yes all the time, and they're just going to sit there and go, yeah, you should really th- rethink this. And they're not going to blow you up, but they're not going to sit there and just say yes all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, probably one of my best friends in high school, who were still best friends, Eric Robinson, who who was probably one of the reasons I got through college and, and didn't, you know, do anything stupid, is he was always there to go, mm-mm, that's, that's not a good idea. Mm. Uh, so, and, and then there to make that phone call going, man, you know, I just need somebody to vent to and, and him having a perspective outside of just the game that he played college baseball with me, but he was the guy that sit on the bench and didn't get all the, the praise and the hype, but he was always there and lo- enjoyed my success and was always there for, for me. So, uh, him, and I guess, um, uh, I guess the, you know, I, I guess this is something that sounds bad, but I think the, the, one of the most important, the biggest person is probably God. Yeah. Uh, just giving me the ability to sit here and, mm-hmm. and have a podium to talk about, considering it all started out me being, always being nothing, but uh, Him giving me the ability to, 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 in some people's eyes, to, to be something. So, and, uh, you know, and speak to His word and, and, and try to follow His path to, to help more people. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think he's a, a, a given. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, okay, another tough question, dude. I got two more for you. When you think about right. the best players you've been around, the best teammates, uh, people, and you know, success leaves clues. There, there, there's a reason that those folks are elite and they're different and they're special. And if you could boil them down and pull out the best qualities of all those folks, and they're the ones that you obviously express to your players, hey, we, we need to be more like this we need to exhibit this what are the best qualities of the best people you've spent time with in baseball oh my gosh i think we've already talked about but i think it's uh accountability humility love Mm. and you know uh consistency and understanding Mm. um you know when i when i when i think about these i mean you know playing playing with a, a tom glavin and uh listen to, to him talk or being around a Don Smoltz and understanding, you know, just the insecurities of an athlete or yeah. being around a Barry Bonds who, unless you're around him, you, you can't even picture it. You, Dude, everybody has this. Go, go into that, like, please. That was such a great story, man. I've thought about that okay. ever since we talked. Oh, well, I, t- I tell you, I, one of the biggest, I mean, well, really one of the uh, guy that it really influenced my career and, and it happened, uh, in, like 96, I really kind of just started to get on the scene and well, maybe it was 97. It was 97 when it happened. 96, I jumped onto the scene and I kind of started to make my name. And then in like 96, I was, I mean, 97, I mean, I went through like a six week period where if I threw a ball anywhere near the strike zone, whether it was a good pitch, bad pitch or whatever, if it was a dink or a bullet off the wall, I could not get anybody out. Sure. And, you know, and so, being being an athlete, I mean, you know, you're, all of a sudden I'm in a hole and I have no idea how to get out of it. And so I'm, you know, everybody's got to, you know, 
uh, formula. I mean, yeah. I, the, the, the Houston Astros had sent me to throw with Nolan Ryan thinking that Nolan was going to reinvent me getting people out. So that, that's, you know, that was how it sunk. But one of the things that kind of stood out, it was, um, and, and I mean, with just do is uh, we were in uh, candlestick mm-hmm. and, uh, one of my bullpen, one of my bullpens, uh, Doug Henry had played at Arizona State with Barry Bonds. Well, you know, I, I knew Barry only, you know, I'd faced him and I'd had success and, you know, I, you know, I, so that, that was the gist of it. Yeah. And, um, we're at Candlestick and all of a sudden Barry Bonds walks into the Astros locker room and comes over and gets me and says, Hey, come on, kid, let's go talk. Now, I don't know this kid, this cat from nothing. Right. All I know is what he's seen on TV and, you know, going, oh, my God, this is very fun. Oh, my God. Well, he takes me back behind home plate. And for about an hour and a half, two hours, I mean, this dude just talked about how awesome I was. And that I didn't need to worry about, you know, these things of uh, what was media was saying or some of the things that the team might be saying. Just talking about how, I mean, it's hard to believe, but he literally would just tell me how awesome I was. And that, mm. you know. And so, you know, and for people that are going to hear this, they're going to sit here and go, there's no way that's Barry Bonds. <laughs> and I mean, and we created this kind of relationship that it was, you know, it wasn't a, it, it, it was a, we competed, but it was more than that. It wasn't, you know, you know, I think everybody wants to be treated in a certain way and they don't want to be spoke up to and they don't want to be spoken down to. Mm-hmm. And, and I really think that was one of those things Barry was. And I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, you know, I'm from Southwest Virginia, so I've watched these guys on TV, and so I'm already going, oh, my God, that's very fun. But, yeah. you know, I don't talk to people like that. And yeah. so I'm talking to Barry, and, and we, 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 we he just, you know, the way he came off is humble and, you know, truthful and, you know, the generosity of his time and yeah. just, you know, um, you know, was was amazing, and so we grew. And so it seemed like every All-Star game that we that I made, he was in it. And me and him and his son and my oldest son were always downstairs and we always took a taxi together. We always got to the ballpark four hours too early (laughs) and we were sitting in there. And, but the conversations just, you know, about baseball and, you know, in real things that, Mm -hmm. you know, those were things that, that changed me because you know what kind of made me realize that no matter who you are, you know, we, we go through a lot in life. And to be able to have somebody that, you know, you know, take that time to, to kind of just say, Hey man, I understand, but Hey, don't get down. Cause you're good. You're a good person. Those are things that we all need to be able to get through some of these times that, and he was there in a, in a moment where I was like, just, man, I don't know what, I mean, I, yeah. it's not like I can reinvent myself. Uh, cause I, I had, you know, I, I don't even know how I got to where I'm at to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, it was really important. You know, Barry was just a guy that was completely not what anybody would think of. And I mean, asking my kids, I mean, he was super, my kids, when they were, I mean, just, you know, we, we would fun. He would always, I mean, you know, I didn't, we didn't like seek each other out all the time and like have to have these conversations or this come to Jesus meeting. But we were always joking around. I mean, he knew that my slider was awful and he would stand in the box when he come in and, you know, they would have all these special balls that, when he's going for this record and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, and, and we, we had a chance to enjoy and embrace this moment. And, you know, he would, I mean, I, I throw a breaking ball. He would hold his fingers over his nose and he goes, that's awful. <laughs> I mean, he, but he was that good. He, honestly, he was that good though. I mean, yeah. it, was, it wasn't really that good, but he, 
but you know, challenging him and stuff. I mean, you know, I had success, and when I did, I mean, I'd get in the locker room and there'd be a phone call, and he'd be just blowing me up about you better throw this hard to everybody, not just me. And I said, why well, I throw hard to everybody? I don't need to throw it hard. You're the best. I have to do this to be the best. And so, you know, it's one of those things that you do. He's just uh, a totally different person than what people imagine. And, um, you know, so, I, I mean, when I hear him talk, you know, back, because I know I saw him do press conferences, and he, you know, he wasn't the best at that, but yeah. who am I to say, you go on YouTube, I had some moments myself. So, <laughs> but it was those, those things like that that I think that, you know, just being able to, to have somebody of his stature take two minutes in, in, in his uh, life and say, hey, I really like you, you're, you're good, and hey, you know, don't don't worry about anything. Things will be fine. You know, I think that's that was you know one of those things that kind of helped me understand that. You know, Barry Bonds thinks pretty good. But, you know, somebody else is probably thinking that too. So I mean, that yeah. was that was a big moment. Gosh, oh, that's great. Okay, last question I got for you, Billy. You've been so giving with your time, man. And I'm gonna let you get back to your day. But when you think about the best advice you've been given, I think that's a a for all of us. It's probably like a mantra that we. We still go through each day the best advice that you hold on to, but also other advice for any coach paying attention to this. You got youth guys, high school, college, professional guys paying attention to this. What else would you offer them? Well, I mean, humility. I mean, I really mm. keep going back to this, but humility because of you're never a finished product. Yep. And understanding that um, always have growth in their life and that no matter what your reputation is or what, what where you've been and what you're you know about to do, there there's somewhere there's somewhere you can you can inspire somebody else and and be there for, for somebody else. And I think it's that you know you have understanding that if I you know going to the A B C uh the A B C A it would be humbling to know that I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of cats that are probably way, way better than I can even imagine, but knowing that they're going to be willing to, because you can't, anybody that's played this game knows that humility, being humble in this game is important. So I think, you know, just continuing to be humble and, and, and trying to be inspiring to the people around us. Love it. Oh my gosh. Billy, thanks for jumping on with this. And again, I think the the coolest part of it all is, you know, in, in getting outside of our tradition of really, truly only trying to interview ABCA members we just got a new one in the flock, and uh, to, to get you inside this fraternity and hopefully see where this thing goes and, and how you grow inside of, of this association, man, I'm fired up for you. Please reach out. Let us know how we can help you out, and uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. You're on the right path, and to get you inside the ABCA is going to be a huge jump for our association, and we're excited about what's happened at Miller High School. We've been talking with the head coach at Miller, Billy Wagner. Billy, best of luck, and we look forward to catching up with you again real soon, my man. Well, I appreciate you because it's always a hey, pleasure. Anytime. Coaches, thanks for checking out our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast and another one of our Dugout Chatter episodes. Here at the American Baseball Coaches Association, our job is to serve coaches around the world. So let us know how we can help you out. Head over to our website, abca.org, if you're looking for more information about our coaching fraternity. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at ABCA1945. If you want to reach out to me directly, do that through Twitter, at CoachSheets3, or by email, Sheets, S-H-E-E-T-S, at abca.org. We'd love to hear from our loyal members. We'd like to hear from some new members and continue to find ways to work together at growing the game of baseball. Huge thanks to the sponsor of our Dugout Cheddar Shows, 
our great partners over at Rawlings. If you're looking for more information about what they're doing for baseball and this coaching fraternity, head over to their website, Rawlings.com. That's R-A-W-L-I-N-G-S.com. And thanks again, guys, for your support. As always, thanks for listening in and staying dialed into our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast. Until next week, we ask you keep growing, you keep developing, you keep challenging yourself inside this game. We wish you and your club the very best, and thank you for what you're doing for the game of baseball.